the trauma healing learnings based on one mom's journal entries recorded in real time from a catastrophic event with her son that you've been listening to in the blink of an eye story. Trauma Healing Learning Season 2, Episode 8, Lollipops and Laughter. Life can change in the blink of an eye. Hello, everyone. It's always so good to be together. Thank you for following us on Instagram. We give you a snippet of Trauma Healing Learning to uplift you with each picture. And thank you for forwarding on to others. If you're not following our Instagram, you can find us at Blink of an Eye Pod. Let's take a step back today and look at the big picture of our lives. Is your path straight and linear? Probably not. Life's journey is not a straight path for most of us. And the trauma healing journey is no less. And, well, in life, we just never know what is going to come our way. Both the bitter and the sweet. You know, they really do go together. They do. And this is what is so healing about life. We were all endowed with incredibly resilient minds, bodies, and spirits to live again, even when we fall apart from time to time. Where we are in the companion story, I realized there is no one way to be when your world is turned upside down. There isn't. There is a way for you to be that is authentic and it's okay. All ways in trauma are valid ways. If you have or look like you have your act together, that's perfectly acceptable. If you collapse and fall apart, that's acceptable too. Trauma healing is not getting trapped in the falling down. You have to pick yourself up again in time and with the help of others, or I like to think of it in God's time. I do think faith is a central piece of trauma healing, whatever that means to you. It's central because to believe that there is something much larger than you are and something that is so loving and benevolent constantly than anything else you have ever felt before is comforting. I do think we catch glimpses of this pure, no-strings-attached benevolence and love when we have moments of laughter in the midst of great pain or stress. Like what happened between Archer's tracheotomy surgeon and me when I kissed his hands. Or like what happened between Archer and me when he sent me a knowing 
slow wink about orange juice when the nurse said he wouldn't have water for months. <laughs> Laughter. It's so connecting. And it's such a release, isn't it? Such a relief and can be so intimate. It really does bind us together. You know, if my memory of medieval history serves me correctly, I believe I remember one of my college professors telling us that the knights of old would use humor with their foes, knowing that laughter would relax their enemies. Indeed, true enemies braced to harm each other can be unseated with humor. It's true. It's biologically impossible for the body to laugh joyfully and be tight and braced to kill at the same time. I've often thought of this over the years as a transformative mediator, intervening in others' difficult conflicts. And I think this relationship of relaxation and healing helps us understand the power of laughter in our own traumas and as they unfold. Humor, it does lessen stress and anxiety. And the wonder of it all is that our bodies are naturally wired to laugh for this very purpose. And laughter, it feels good, doesn't it? Even amidst great pain. I am told there are even laughing meditations. And even in hospitals and doctor's offices, laughter and humor have the potential to help with medical trauma and scary procedures. The point is that laughter helps the patient relax, which can open channels of communication and build trust. Maybe the art of humor could be included in courses for doctors and nurses and trauma healers too. Maybe it's just the art of being fully human. Laughter. It might just broaden a patient's outlook and help shift the attention away from the harsh sounds of the ICU, the blood draws, the pain, and the pills. My sister has a dear friend who just lost her partner. I mean, just lost him. As in they wake up just a morning or so ago and he has a major headache and they go to the emergency room at the hospital. It was a brain aneurysm, just like that. He was shortly after arrival pronounced to be with the medical staff referred to as brain dead. Then there was a great stirring in the hospital as they worked quickly to harvest his organs, being a young man. Organ harvesting, so noble, and those who donate their organs are so generous. But oh my goodness, the additional trauma to the loved ones still living 
It's funny how life converges. Because years ago, I was asked to provide conflict transformation skills training to the teams in Maryland that do the organ harvesting and how to have the conversations with families just when they are given horrific news that their loved one is dying and that there are only hours left to be able to extract good tissue. It's quite gruesome and horrifying on one hand and comforting perhaps and hopeful on the other that their loved one's life will truly go on being lived through their organs and tissue in another's living body. The transplant team likes to honor the donor by reading a tribute written by the friends and family. Yes, it happens that quickly. But we know now, too, how valuable it is in trauma healing journeys to have rituals and to talk about the life of the loved one we lost. Well, the donor gives the gift of life hopefully to improve and sustain others' lives as the donor leaves his or her life on this earth. Loss is so complex, and it has both the bitter and the sweet up until the last breath. My sister's friend wrote with her partner's family, this note I would like to share with you, with their permission. Those of us who knew him during his much too short life were accustomed to gifts big and small. These were not gifts in the traditional sense, items or objects. These were the gifts that make all our lives worth living. He would listen attentively with his whole heart. He would see you for who you were and express his understanding in his quiet way. He would focus all of his energy on being certain that his students thoroughly understood the challenging advanced physics and math he was presenting. And he would stop everything to take care of his elderly parents and disabled brother who depended on him emotionally and physically in these past several years. He was an intensely introverted person who could then charm an entire room with his warm smile and an unexpected and perfectly timed funny side. He was adopted into his family at three weeks of age and as he grew, you could see his giving and generous personality developing. Once, at three or four years of age, someone gave him some candy. And without a second thought, he gave his physically challenged brother some of the candy. Once, his uncle asked him if he had thoughts of connecting with his biological parents. 
and he could only think about how lucky he was to be accepted by a new family and that he had his one set of parents already, the only ones he would ever need. He was brilliant, kind, slyly funny, and endlessly dedicated to those in his small circle of friends whom he loved deeply. If he sounds too good to be true, then you're getting a correct picture of this highly principled man. He graduated from the University of Illinois, Champaign, with a BS and MS in mechanical engineering. He also had an MBA in finance from DePaul University. After working as an engineer for 11 years, he followed his heart and true gifts and left the engineering world behind to become a high school teacher of advanced physics and math. This required many sacrifices to his lifestyle as his paycheck decreased by a third and he had to live according to his new financial reality. His workload increased dramatically as he worked tirelessly on weekends and evenings to grade each and every homework assignment, quiz, and test, and to answer every email and text, and to comment thoughtfully on his students' learning growth. He did not cut corners. To be human is to be imperfect. And of course, he was that too. He would admit to having a short temper, although the frustration was often expressed internally and unknown to others. This caused anxiety and chronic sleeping issues that he dealt with valiantly and systematically, especially in the recent past, due to the increased challenges of teaching and living during the COVID pandemic. Outside of school and family responsibilities, he passionately loved animal videos, watches and coins, hobbies, as quiet as he was. He would admit that he wanted a partner and romantic relationship in his life, and he struggled to find someone who could understand his quiet, slow-moving ways. Late in his life, miraculously, he found his person and they enjoyed almost four years of getting to know each other while loving and understanding each other with openness and grace. His family was thrilled when he met his partner and noticed his life changing in positive ways from the very start of their relationship. They were both better versions of themselves when they were together, which is, of course, the true hallmark of love. He died in her arms when she quickly realized that he was leaving this world. He wasn't alone and loved to the very end. 
which is what he really wanted. As his family and friends, we want you to understand that he was a man of great integrity, honor, and love. It is the perfect tribute to the way he lived his life at his final gift is to profoundly help strangers continue to live theirs. He always wanted to leave everything better than he found it. We pray for the continued good health of the recipients as his hope for a better world lives on in each of them. We just never know what is in store for us, do we? But while all of this was underway, his partner called my sister crying and said, it's over. They're finished with him. They have six viable organs. Six families are getting good news right now. Six lives are being saved. In addition, they'll use his eyes, his skin for burn victims, his bones for bone marrow, (laughs) every part of the buffalo. (laughs) She joked. And then she cried some more. On the trauma healing journey, it's good to embrace the contradictions rather than trying to resolve them. It's all part of it. Circular, never linear. And the crazy expressions are healthy and expected. Surrounding yourself with a circle of friends who understand this crazy nonlinear circuitous path may be one of the best resources you can tap into. Being the friend who understands this for your friend is a gift. Lollipops and laughter, a reminder of the sweetness amidst the bitterness of our trauma healing journeys. It's the whole package when we're living fully. And this journey of what happens to us can inform us and make us better, more open to what is possible because we have permission to be so vulnerable. Let's be so grateful for moments of laughter amidst the tears and for good friends, lifetime friends, from childhood, from adulthood, the ones who just show up even after months or years and know you and love you and only want what is good for you. 
life can change in the blink of an eye. Life is so precious. Sending love. Hope for everything. Obtain everything. Thank you for joining me for the Trauma Healing Learnings. You may tune in to the Blink of an Eye story that accompanies these Trauma Healing Learnings at Episode 8, Lollipops and Laughter. As we listen together, we raise the vibration for healing across the planet. listening to Blink of an Eye. We ask that you share this with anyone who may need inspiration, a lift, or who may relate. Never miss an episode. Listen on our website, blinkofaneyepodcast.com, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is sponsored by Baltimore Mediation. For 28 years, Baltimore Mediation has served clients worldwide by facilitating negotiation breakthroughs, believing in their capacity for meaningful face-to-face dialogue.